This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 18, Episode 11. This is Writing Excuses. Turning up the contrast with juxtaposition. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Dong Wan. I'm Aaron. I'm Dan. And I'm Howard. We are going to be talking about juxtaposition this week and how to use it. And uh, I'm actually going to tell a personal story to kick us off because the first time I taught this as a topic, um, I was uh, at a conference and my phone rings and it is um, my husband. And I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, well, there's been a family medical thing at home. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, And he's just updating me. Everything does turn out fine. It does have a happy ending. But I then had to go back into the room and teach. And the thing is that this added a certain amount of tension to this thing because there was nothing that I could solve. I was in a different country. Uh, There was nothing that anyone in the room could solve because they didn't even know about it. But there was this juxtaposition between, hello, I have to teach this class, and there's this thing that's going on at home. And there are two unrelated things, and the the tension comes from the contrast between those two things. A common example of this is the good news, bad news framing of things. Um and again, a real life story. Sandra and I were at Gen Con and we get a, a a call from one of the kids who's holding down the house. And he says, so uh, good news and bad news. Good news is I learned how to uh, defrost the uh, freezer. Uh, the bad <laughs> news is I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> um, and, and you know, that juxtaposition right there has told us an entire story. Um, that we're going to have fun unraveling. And uh, so I I often think of juxtaposition first in terms of the good news, bad news. As I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, the juxtaposition of uh, the steward of Gondor eating while the soldiers are going to war is completely different. That's just bad news, bad news. (laughs) I often think of the hallelujah moment, which is where something horrible is happening and a cover of Hallelujah plays in a movie. Um, yes. If you ever hear Hallelujah playing, run. You know what I mean? Yes. Something bad is happening. But it's something about the beauty of that song and or any sort of piece of music that is very beautiful with something horrible happening underneath. That's important. Ave Maria in Hitman. Yeah. The first yeah, time it- I saw that was in um, uh, Good Morning Vietnam with uh, it's a It's a Wonderful World or it's a be- uh, beautiful world, trees of green, and like mm-hmm. bombings are happening in the background. Um, and, and it can be overplayed because in they tried to do that in Downton Abbey where it's like, oh, look, the new baby and this beautiful music is playing. And then someone is having a car crash in the background. And it, 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 it fundamentally didn't work because it, um, because it was so clear that that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. Um, music is such a, a great way to do this. Um, one of my very favorites is actually the finale of the first act of the Stephen Sondheim musical Gypsy. 
in which everything has gone wrong. Uh, you know, the little sister has run away and now the family isn't going to travel around anymore. And the older sister, who's the main character, she thinks, oh, great. This is perfect. This is exactly what I want. Now I get to just have a normal life with a normal mom and a normal dad. And then the mom sings Everything's Coming Up Roses, which is this huge triumphant, don't worry, we're going to make this work. I'm going to make you a star, which is 100% not what the main character wants out of her life. And it is a triumphant and wonderful song juxtaposed against the absolute world-crushing tragedy of what it means for this girl. And it's horrible and delicious. And I love it when a story is able to do that. I think uh, you just reminded me of something that um, that Aaron had talked about previously, which is is that that the tension is coming from the emotion, and I, I think that one of the things about juxtaposition is that it is so much about mood and emotion, very specifically those things, rather than the conflict. Uh, an example that Howard gave previously was the um, the eating of the, the 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 food during the with the juxtaposed with the battle that those two things spoke to each other, but that they were they were a contrast as well. When I teach my humor class, I talk about juxtaposition, but the the sort the the, the kind that I use is what I call forced congruence, which is when you juxtapose two things in such a way as to force them into congruence one with another. And the example I use is from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The Vogon ships hovered in the air in much the same way that bricks don't, which is hilarious, and it forces bricks hovering to be the same as the Vogon ships, paints a very clear picture, and, for me, manages to be hilarious. You also see this used to extremely great effect in horror. Again, I think horror and comedy are sort of two sides of the same coin. Um, I'm really thinking about Bong Joon-ho's movie, The Host, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, The first time we see the monster is running along uh, the banks of the, the Han River through this park area where people are picnicking, having a lovely time. It's a beautiful day. The grass is green. And then this monster comes bursting out of the Han River and, you know, causing chaos and and mayhem and you know it's a very visceral terrifying scene with this intruding thing into this very pastoral image and throughout the entire thing the visual thing that drives all of that is the juxtaposition of horror and this family pastoral thing which ties into the theme of the whole movie as it is as much a family drama of a family trying to figure out how to come together in the face of tragedy in the middle of this apocalyptic thing happening in this major metropolitan area. He uses, Bong Joon-ho in particular is so masterful at using juxtaposition to drive narrative um, throughout all of his movies. And I think one of the things, because sort of a lot of our examples are our movies and our visual media, because they have, there's so many great tools of juxtaposition in terms of showing two images together or using music and I was thinking about, you know, what is a good textual, another textual example. And I recently reread The Ones Who Walk Away from Omelas. Mm-hmm. And it starts with like the equivalent of a beautiful musical piece in describing this utopia in such, you know, lyrical, in such a lyrical way that it almost feels like you're listening to music, which makes the juxtaposition with the reality of Omelas hit so hard. So it's something you can do like with text as well as in a visual 
and sort of a medium that has sound design. Absolutely. I, I used it in uh, Spearman in what I will call uh, the singing toilet scene, um, <laughs> in which I have a, a, a conflict, straight up conflict, but it is happening in a bathroom that has singing toilets. Um, and uh, it, it is one of my favorite things that I've ever written. <laughs> well, I would argue that one of the driving impulses of, or one of the driving things about the book in general is that juxtaposition of the humorous surreality that is a cruise ship or a space liner <laughs> in this point, you know, against this serious drama and murder and interpersonal drama. It, 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 that tension between those two things, the discordance between the ridiculousness that is a cruise ship that all of us know very well uh, versus a very serious thing happening, which it, it, that is so much this like generative engine in the book. It's like, it almost feels like a gear slipping, but you're doing it on purpose. So we keep like running into it and having to be like, wait, how does this work? Why is this like this? Oh, that is so weird that this, this murder is happening here, but also it's so weird that this service person is talking to them in this way right now. Yeah. It calls back to anticipation because if you are juxtaposing, especially if you are juxtaposing where there is a forced congruence happening, if one of the elements is one with which we're familiar and we know how it unfolds, the juxtaposition forces us to anticipate what is going to happen with the second element. And I, I don't have a good example off the top of my head, but if you think of um, uh, Beethoven's, is it the ninth that ends with the da 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 and then the canons? Oh, yeah. I think that's, no, is it the ninth it, or is that the third? It's the beginning, the 1812 Overture. 1812 Overture. Yeah. It's the Overture. Okay. Um, thank you. Um, music major. Uh, they can have their degree back. Fine. Um, oh, juxtaposition. When you hear, in your brain right now. <laughs> when you hear that, bum, 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 the next thing that's going to happen is an explosion. And if we're watching a movie, something's about to blow up because the forced congruence and the anticipation has told us what's coming next. Mm -hmm. Well, what's coming next right now is our thing of the week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Our thing of the week is When Franny Stands Up by Eden Robbins. Uh, I loved this book a lot. It is set uh, immediately or shortly after the end of World War II. It's in the 1950s. Franny is a young Jewish woman, um, and she wants to do stand-up comedy. And if you think that's Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, this is not Marvelous Mrs. Maisel with magic. That's not what this is. Um, the only thing it has in common are the, the words that I have said thus far. It is a story about um, intergenerational trauma, um, it is a story about the search for comedy, and it is also with uh, has this wonderful magical element. It's uh, the juxtaposition between stand-up comedy and the very real 
uh, PTSD that Franny's brother is dealing with, that she herself is dealing with, those two things play off each other so beautifully. It's funny and it's moving. I highly recommend When Franny Stands Up by Eden Robbins. So can I talk about another example of juxtaposition? Um, we have in our notes, beautiful music playing over a fight scene. And, and one of the ones that I love is uh, in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, the opening stunt, the opening fight scene, uh, they have the music, uh, Ain't That a Kick in the Head, which I believe is a Dean Martin song. Uh, and it's very funny, haha, fight scene with this. But you realize very quickly that that music is diegetic. That music is happening inside of the story and all the characters can hear it. It's being broadcast over the PA uh, during a prison break. And so there is the juxtaposition of tone, but also we realize that the characters are using it as a countdown. And so it becomes this form of creating tension Mm. in the story. What's going to happen when we get to the end of that song? Uh, And so it's kind of doing two or three things at once uh, and doing it very effectively. And the fourth thing that it's doing is finally doing right what Hudson Hawk tried to do for the entire movie where they, you know, the, the two of them are singing the same song in order to try and time their heist, but it was never as cool as it was in Mission Impossible 4. One other thing I want to bring up in terms of juxtaposition is it is incredibly useful as a technique to add depth and context to a scene. Um, you know, I often talk about fiction and particularly novels as a layer cake, and you want to add as many layers as you can to make sure that the reader's getting the most amount of information as possible in any given moment, right? And so going back to examples Aaron used last time in terms of making sure there's tension rather than conflict, a way to add tension into opening with a fight scene, opening with an action scene is you're giving us flashbacks, you're giving us different POVs to tell us about the character and what they care about. And, you know, if you start with a gunfight and halfway through you do a flashback to realizing that the the main the protagonist's sister has been kidnapped and that's what they're trying to do, then that adds tension in a way that wouldn't be there initially. So using juxtaposition can add so much more meaning or depth. Um, also, like the Aldani, uh, uh, the climactic Aldani scenes in um, Andor is a great example because they're cutting between this religious ceremony that's happening by these colonized people and this heist for the revolution that is going to eventually free them. The tension between those two images is adding all this thematic and narrative depth that elevates what's happening on screen to a different level versus what we would have seen if it was just a heist happening in a vault. Well, and, and if I can add to that, I know, Aaron, you, you want to say something, uh, but, but just before we leave Andor, one of the things I loved about the tension created in that juxtaposition at the end uh, is that we know that all of the fallout and all of the consequences of this heist are going to fall on those indigenous people and not on our main characters. They're the one that the empire is going to crack down on. They're the one that are going to have, you know, horrible consequences. And so it adds this extra layer of really bitter tension to what's going on. And it drains all of the joy that we normally expect from a heist. And all of the triumph is completely gone because we know that those people are going to suffer for it. 
Aaron, but what were we you also going to know say? that. Oh, sorry. No, no, keep going. But, <laughs> but we also know the the that this is the thing that is going to lead to their eventual liberation. The, this single act leads directly in a chain of events to the destruction of the Death Star and the fall of the Empire, which is anticipation coming, juxtaposition, anticipation, all these things are layered in there in this beautiful example. Um, anyways, we'll stop talking about Andor now because we would do that for six hours. <laughs> I was just going to say that in addition to adding tension to a scene, that juxtaposition can also add tension to a character. It's a great way of signaling an unreliable narrator or a character that makes you feel, you know, weird in a bad way, which is that if some, <laughs> for example, if something really horrible is happening, but a character, their interior thoughts about it are way off from what we think, like they're like kicking puppies, eh, fine. You know, that juxtaposition of our, what we believe would be the normal or like within a set of reactions to a situation and what the character is experiencing, it can show things that are bad, things that are good. But I think it really adds some tension because the next time you see this character, you're not sure how they're going to react to something because they didn't react in the way that you were anticipating that mm -hmm. they might. This is Javier Bardem calling people friendo in uh, No Country for Old Men. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> the... Uh, episode that kind of kicked all this off where we were talking about building a mystery and, and, and then we're talking about, you know, the, the tools of tension, um, using juxtaposition late in a mystery where a small thing has the same shape as the solution to the puzzle. You juxtapose those things and the detective looks at the small thing and suddenly realizes, <gasps> aha, that's the last piece that I need. Even if those pieces aren't related, um, that, is a, that is a very common use of juxtaposition in mysteries. So one way that I have used this, uh, for example, in the John Cleaver books, in the first one, I Am Not a Serial Killer, uh, I used this as a way of showing you how messed up John Cleaver is. This is a lot of what Aaron mm -hmm. was talking about, is if we're seeing somebody's reactions are off. Um, I went out of my way to include a lot of slice of life kind of moments. We get to see this kid on the first day of school. We get to see him at Halloween. We get to see him at Christmas. And every time uh, he is not reacting the way that we expect and the the kind of excitement that we that we would want to feel at those uh, different moments, you know, the, the cool high school dance that he gets to go to is this kind of nightmare for him. The Christmas party is just absolutely, uh, kind of unbearably sad because of the way that no one in the family gets along with each other. And so providing that those moments of resonance where we recognize what the character is going through and it should feel one way, but it feels a different way adds a lot of tension to a, a character. And and you can have that also in the positive as well. You know, if there's a character who is uh, slightly terrifying, but you actually want the reader to feel sympathy for them or to, to enjoy, you know, to ultimately think of them as a good guy, you know, giving them, giving them something that they care about, like a, a, a you know, a, a Yorkie, um, or, or teacup poodle is is a way to to humanize them uh, by by providing that juxtaposition. It reminds you that people are not monodimensional. Uh, the the other thing that has occurred to me as we've been talking 
is that this this tool of juxtaposition is a key tool in cozy mysteries. That that's one of the reasons that cozies work is because they are juxtaposing a you know British beautiful little country house with murder, um, or you know baking with murder. That that this is that juxtaposition is in fact a key element of cozies. And now I'm afraid we're going to juxtapose your homework. Homework. They've been anticipating it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For the homework this week, look at your work in progress and find a scene where you may want to add more tension and add an element of juxtaposition to do that. Uh, any sort of, the, any of the ones that we've been talking about, but add some juxtaposition into your work in progress and ramp up that tension. You are out of excuses. Now go right. Behind you. Murder. (laughs) (laughs) Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. For this episode, your hosts were Mary Robinette Kowal, Dong Wan Song, Aaron Roberts, Dan Wells, and Howard Taylor. This episode was engineered by Marshall Carr Jr. and mastered by Alex Jackson. For more information, visit writingexcuses.com. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.